Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm joined by the co-host of co-host, Christopher, joining me once again. And today's topic is new. It is abused. It is the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. And just recently updated, how many documents could a woodchuck chuck if Joe Biden could chuck wood and then steal documents again as vice president and not get caught for it? That's right. We're going to be talking about the Joe Biden saga that just updated about an hour and a half ago as well. And uh, Christopher, thanks for joining me as always. Let's have some fun. Let's talk about this. This I call it dumpster fire part two. Get into it. All righty. So, fifteen rounds. It's like a it's like a boxing fight that no one wants to watch. Okay, on HBO with no Showtime boxing. Uh, it is literally fifteen votes. And by the way, people were asking during this whole trial and saga, why couldn't Kevin McCarthy vote to recess and let's all have a conference meeting? Well, if you saw it, I believe it was on Tuesday night. They barely had enough votes to adjourn. So that tells you anything. And if anyone that's been around a parliamentary order, that's the rules. You have to someone, someone, Jim, Jack, and Johnny would go up there and say, what do what does the speaker for, or what's the great congresswoman from South Carolina want to talk about today? Oh, I want to have a motion to adjourn. Well, you need a plurality, my friend, and you need and of course they do a what they call a quorum call, which if anyone doesn't know the rules of the House of Representatives, call a quorum call is basically a roll call vote to see how many members are in the speaker's chamber or in the, in the House chamber at any given time, so they know what a plurality is. That's the rule. Now, goes through the vote, doesn't have it. And, and Chris, I think we saw a multitude of candidates, including the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, get nominated, which was pretty funny, actually. I, I thought the liberals were going to lose their shit. But we saw the first one, which I thought they were going to wait till like the very middle of this whole saga, for Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, by the way, probably one of the best if anyone was going to be speaker other than Kevin McCarthy, it was either going to be Steve Scalise or Jim Jordan. Bar none. I want to hear your view on that one, Chris, on who you thought was the alternative, the best alternative candidate we had this entire week. <laughs> well, I think I think we look at it from multiple factors. Um, you know, I think I think you know if you allude to what you know, kind of Tucker said and and Bongino and a few of the other folks, you know, outside of per se the uh, the as I call them, the corporate conservatives that we, we, you know, we can, can stay nameless or, uh, Don't let your heart you know, be troubled. I mean, I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we, without naming names, the, uh, the corporate conservatives who Andy. were heavy on the, uh, heavy on the, the, uh, McCarthy band on the McCarthy bandwagon. And did, did I, did I personally think that McCarthy was going to eventually be speaker? Yes. But I think, what we saw, and I agree with, um, and I've had conversations with other conservatives about 
you know, they're like, this is chaos. You know, they're kind of buying into what the left was saying. And, you know, this is chaos. This is disorder. And it's not. And in fact, this is how our democracy, this is how our democracy should work. We're not some monolith. Um, you know, we need to, we need to have, and, and I think it was mentioned, even, even uh, President Trump mentioned, for once the, the chamber was actually full. All of our candidates, all of our representatives had to be present for once. Now they, now that the speaker has been chosen, and if you watch some of the video, like Jim Jordan had a, had a great speech today that I, I saw some highlights of, the chamber's back empty again. So it just shows what happens when our democracy actually functions properly, and we don't have a, a monolith or a monarchy that we've seen over the last few speakers. When you go from you know McCarthy to Pelosi, where Basically, they were these, as Steve Bannon kind of said, these supreme speakers where they rolled with an iron fist and it really didn't show there was any bit of true representation uh, from our representatives, but more or less just a just really a hive mind that was going on. And I, I feel that we obviously not fully, per se, drain the, the swamp. I think the swamp is still deep, but I feel like with with the concessions at McCarthy and some of the some of the other. Uh, members up on the swamp, the, the swamp rats, as we call them, uh, had to make. I feel like we've definitely made some progress, and you know, uh, obviously, kudos to to Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert, who really took a lot of abuse, not only from the Democrats and from the the establishment media, but also from even conser- so-called conservatives. Oh um, yeah, it was that. it was bad on there. I mean, if you watch, there's obviously Chris. I'll, I'll say this: it, it was probably one of the hardest weeks to be a conservative because the left would sit there and just club us like baby seals, going, "Ha ha, you got all this disorder." But if you look at it, Chip Roy, Ray, Matt Gates, Lauren, uh, Congressman Lauren Bobart, uh, Congresswoman, sorry, uh, and, and you have it. You have a huge block of people that were just looking for certain things, and I'm going to go through these things. And there was obviously some distinction that was done. And I think Kevin McCarthy did something unique to the House chamber that hasn't been done in probably about 30 years, even before the great New Gingrich was House Speaker. Um, and it was people were like, well, why did it take so long? Well, you got some infighting. And, and of course, there is a argument, which I would tell people that there needs to be an argument, is that Kevin could have had this done way before this vote even came to the floor. And I think legitimately, if you look at the timeline here, before I go through the rules that he conceded and how it came about, these were always on the table from the set start of 2022, the summertime. Okay, the freedom, the House Freedom Caucus, who is uh, about 30, I think it's about 45 members of the House Freedom Caucus. They came to them and said, hey, listen, this is what we would like if you become speaker. And this was in the summer, like around July 4th. Kevin McCarthy kind of blew him off. He was like, ha, ah, we're going to have a huge majority. He under, I, I'm not saying underestimated the, the red wave, which a lot of us did. But he didn't really kind of zero into what their expectations were. Which, by the way, these expectations to this, most of the American population are in the weeds of the day-to-day House of Representatives call to work and really do not affect the day-to-day lives of most Americans. And I want that to be abundantly clear. I think the only time that you're going to see this is when it comes to the debt ceiling, the, the government, the budget, and things along those lines, which honestly, 
these guys are getting paid way too much money to not work. So let's just go through these rules here, Chris. Not, I to, think. Mention they, not to mention they don't, they don't even read the bills, but we, we'll, we'll talk. Well, that's that. that's one of the parts that Kevin McCarthy uh, agreed to, which I think is worthy of getting the House back in order. Now, before Kevin McCarthy became House Speaker, the House of Representatives was allowed to vote by proxy due to COVID restrictions. And it had everyone had to go through a metal detector, couldn't carry firearms, could not do abundance of certain rules by the, the last speaker. Uh, but we retired her ass back to becoming a normal member. So let's go through the loops, shall we? Absolutely. All right. 15 rounds. 15 rounds of voting. Okay. Which, honestly, they made it sound like it was, they're killing each other to fucking make these votes happen. But they really weren't. They take an hour to happen. So it's literally 15 hours of voting. By the time they call the roll, go through the roll, everything else is about 15 hours. Okay, so let's go through this. He agreed to have separately 12 different appropriations bills, which from agriculture to defense spending to transportation, rather than bundling them together into the end of the year omnibus spending bill. Obviously, the House was not happy, including both parties, were not happy to have this huge omnibus bill get sent across the bow and basically have less than 24 hours to vote for it and approve it so the basically the government doesn't get shut down. Very not a good thing. I think it's really good to have 12 different appropriations bills because also that stops the let's group agricultural and the defense budget and a bunch of other things. So it's clear, clear. I think that's a pretty straightforward deal. I think the American people can get behind. Or we're funding, or we're funding border border wall security in, in foreign countries. Yeah, exactly. Countries. So you can kind of you can narrow in on where where your spends are. Also, McCarthy agreed to a cap discretionary spending at the levels they were at the beginning of the Biden administration for both defense and domestic spending as part of a commitment to balance the federal budget within ten years. Probably one of the most boldest calls to action by any Republican in the last thirty years. To balance the budget within 10 years is probably one, if not the biggest, boldest, especially the way two separate administrations have acted between the Trump and the Biden administration and how much they actually spent over the last 10 years. Um, going to be close, going to be hard to do, but got to give them credit where credit's due there. Okay. Uh, big another one here. Um, in, a, in a letter from the Many members of the Freedom Caucus, McCarthy also agreed to create a subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government, which will be chaired by probably one of the greatest House members in history, Jim Jordan. Um, much, to the, much to the chagrin of little Adam Schiff. Which, which we'll, we'll go, I'll go into that as well, because Adam, little Schiff show there is going to have a good time. Little Schiff show is going to be on the sidelines doing absolutely nothing for two years, which he should have been voted out for his lying to the American people. All right, so which will be tasked for probing, which, by the way, this this subcommittee, which people will be like, oh, that's all it's going to do is just investigate and subpoena power and all this other stuff. It is the weaponization of the federal government, which is tasking the probing the federal government information collection on private individuals, as well as ongoing investigations, potentially into the Department of Justice's probe into said classified documents for the former sitting president of the United States, Donald Trump, and how that went down. Let's just clarify. That's going to go into the end of this podcast when I talk about Joe Biden's little stupidity fest. And I mean this precisely because rules for thee, but not for me. 
Oh, now, yeah. McCarthy also agreed to the reinstitute, reinstitute the Holman rule, which allows uh, a law actually that allows for the reduction in governmental official salaries and any other compensation paid by the U.S. Treasury. Pretty, pretty legit thing. Uh, also, he had to agree to a vote on term limits on the floor of the House of Representatives, which is a pretty unpopular thing. Um, he has some certain votes that he has to take on, and he has to take on congressional term limits, a border security plan, uh, as well as... Uh, and, and I'll go through the last of this in here in a second. It, it is the... One of the biggest concessions he actually had to make as speaker, which almost isn't that much of a big deal, but the corporate conservative media is making a really big deal out of, is the amount of people needed to have the motion to vacate the chair. Uh, he agreed to five original agreements, but then he had to concede down to one, which basically is the old Pelosi rule, which Pelosi was the only, before Pelosi changed it to whatever amount of people, it was one. During Newt Gingrich's time as speaker, and as many speakers they've had since Jim Brainer, all you know, all those guys, it, it had one. There was a rule of one. All it took was one. Hence, why a lot of people, you know, how that worked out. Also, another rule that he really had to do as the House Speaker, which is really a personal thing, McCarthy had to agree to keep congressional leadership packs out of the House primary elections, and for safe what our seats are considered safe and to appoint far right house freedom caucus members on the house rules committee, which he had to agree very last minute before Matt Gates and Bobart agreed uh, or present. Sorry. Uh, he had to agree to have, he had to up the amount of house freedom caucus members to certain committees of three members from one. So that's kind of where we're at. And the last but not least, probably the most important part in my view, which honestly should have never even come to an really a negotiation was the amount of hours needed to review bills before the floor, the votes come to the floor. Um, when it comes to a vote to raise the debt ceiling and many key votes, it needs a 72 hour hold, which Chris, I don't know about you, man, but that's probably, that should never even come to that negotiation. No. So that's just called business as usual. And so when you look at it, honestly, I think, Legitimately, Kevin's going to have his work cut out for him. But at the same time, uh, what we're seeing right now is a lot of investigation. And not and a lot of the bills that are getting passed are getting vetoed, uh, obviously, by the presidential power of the pen there. Uh, the first one was the 87,000 IRS agents. That already got vetoed already, um, which they passed that law and went to the Senate. Senate killed it. So it's going to be a lot of that going on in this, in this House of Representatives session. But I want to get your thoughts on any of the rules that you think are kind of more needed than what we have. But uh, I'll let you get into kind of what your what your thoughts are on these rules. Yeah, I mean, obviously, so you know, self-explanatory, and we'll you know we can go to our next topic shortly after. But you know, just kind of wrapping it up. I mean, we, similar to what I said when we started, is the fact that I think in so many ways, I mean, the, again, the corporate the corporate conservative media lost their minds. The liberal media had a field day, but us as true conservatives who understand the process and things that need to happen for us to not only move the country forward and also get the country back where it needs to go. This was a, this was a big step forward. Now, obviously there is quite a bit of, uh, now we need to see 
the action, the plan in action. That that's there. It's it's easy for McCarthy and all these folks to get up there and say their words, but now it comes down to action. And you know, well, it, it's obviously important for us as as conservatives if we, if we have, um, even if you, I mean, obviously, if you live in a blue district and you have a Democrat representative, it's probably you know probably more difficult to uh, understand or for them to even want to hear your voice. But if you have a Republican, uh, if you have a Republican member of Congress, I would definitely say you need to hold these folks accountable uh, to to these conversations. Uh, th- th- all right. So this leads into the next topic, which I think everybody is kind of wanting to talk about. And it's kind of important in my view, because it actually is going to lead into what I'm going to end this podcast with. And it's going to be something that it the paves the road for impeachment. This saga, and I'm going to take the hot take on this, Chris, and I, I really don't care if people like well, it or not. Let's let's not even say impeachment. We should it should be it should be full it should be a raid. Well, no, I, 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 let what? me let me walk the dog here, bud. Let me walk the dog. Okay. Back in back in the summer. The president's house got raided under the coast of nighttime or early morning hours. Like Roger Stone had cameras outside his doorstep. His wife's clothing and personal effects got bamboozled. All for some documents that they have been negotiating with the archives for the last six months prior to them even raiding his house. Okay. By the way, he's the president of the United States. Clarify that so all you idiots out there understand there are certain secret service uh, circuit, certain secret service clearances and or classified documents that the president reads compared to the vice president. I'm going to read that again. The clearances of the vice president and the president are different. One violated the law, one did not. Now, the President of the United States can deem classified documents as declassified at any time, but it has to be in writing. That is negotiated, which probably they're working with right now between lawyers and everything else. Now, let me walk this dog where it needs to go because it needs to pave the, pave the road here and what we're going to be talking about for the next two years. It has come out to light in the last 72 hours that there were some documents found at the University of Penn Biden Institute, or whatever you want to call it, basically his think tank that he got funded by China. Let's just clarify that as well, because ever since they opened this up at University of Penn, China let's, or let's be, secret let's, donors have actually donated. Let, let me stop you here for a second. The words Biden and think tanker do not go together. No, they don't. But at the same time, they thought it did back when he was vice president because he still had a brain back then. Um, So that being said, they found some documents on November 2nd inside a closet. Now, how does this scenario, Chris, differ from the Trump scenario? Let's clarify. The Trump scenario was that there was some kind of disagreement about some documents that Trump had in his possession that the National Archive, which, by the way, is the most, who cares, National Archive. I understand it's a federally funded organization, 
that basically holds on to the presidential pipe papers to make sure that everything's on a record accordingly. But let's just be clear. Most stupidest thing I ever heard in my life or even thinking about this, but there's negotiations going back and forth. It's like, Hey, it's my documents. No, it's your documents, whatever. It's the president of the United States. So by the negotiations, they asked the president of the United States to put a lock under it, which by the way, any president that has been left office has secret service. Uh, let's just put it this way. They are, they're confined by the secret service for 10 years after they leave office. Okay. Vice presidents do not, they have about the same, uh, I believe it's about the same length of time when it comes to their secret service. So that being said, they open up this think tank at the, for the university of Penn after uh, Vice President Joe Biden at the time leaves office, opens up his office, and these documents that have been found were dealing with Iran, Ukraine, and a multitude of other, basically his diplomatic relations with foreign countries because that was his acumen back then. He was ac- that reason why if you look at the the entirety of politics back when Barack Obama was president and Joe Biden was Joe Biden was keyed in on diplomatic relations. Because he's been there for 40 plus years. He was a swamp rat. Truth being and an idiot too. And and, and, a, and, a, and a confirmed idiot. Confirmed. Oh, he his reputation bestowed him of being an idiot. That being said, on November 2nd, which were for the midterm elections, mind you, his lawyers, which I, I want to know who these lawyers are, they're getting paid twelve hundred bucks an hour to help move some documents or move some papers around an office because that's very expensive movers. And I don't want to hire them. Um, but 1200 bucks an hour, they find these documents, they turn them in and we're now just hearing about it in January. Something doesn't smell right. Okay. And it smells like a cover up. And I'm going to say this now. They just broke this about five hours ago, Chris. Okay. It's got broke. Five hours ago, I'm not trying to blow smoke here, but there is a another batch of documents that were found in another location at the Penn Biden Center, and that he I, used for years as vice president during his Obama administration years. Um, I think we got a big fat case of uh, hypocrisy there, Tim. I believe the title of this podcast will be "Rules for the." but not for me. And what I'm getting at here is where you go down the list of political amphitheater. And I mean that in a nice way, I call it, I'll call it what I really mean. Bullshit. When you get down this road, the hypocrisy is blatantly at the loud echo chamber that it is. Let's go through the list. Shall we? You can go through it. And it's going to be great. As Sean Hannity would say, blitch be it, all that fun stuff with 18,000 emails by Hillary Clinton. Actually, 23,000 emails. I lowered that number down. My bad. Uh, let's see. I thought it was 33,000. 33,000. See, I keep lowering that number. I can't be that yeah. nice. I got to I gotta 30, be. 33,000 emails, bleach bit hammers. We've heard, we've heard it a gazillion times. Yep. And it was great last night hearing yep. that on, on Hannity. But you had... So many different things. So many different things. Adam Schiff show, lying about the Trump dossier. 
on numerous occasions, and even got bamboozled by a person trolling him. Yeah, I'm not sure if you heard about that part with Adam Schiff. He basically got caught basically falling for a troll, and it was yeah, the, Rus- it the was, Russian trolls. Yeah, it was great. It was phenomenal. Or as, or as Dan Bongino calls them, PP. Yep, PP PP lovers. All right, uh, so we we go through this list, and I I will tell you this. Now they, I I will say it in the nice candid way. All it's gonna take. It doesn't take much anymore to impeach a president, which unfortunately the Democrats have gone down this ugly road of impeachment, not once, but twice. And they didn't expect it to happen to them, but it will. And this will be the reason why. Um, Dereliction of duty. For not protecting the southern border will be another cause. They're going to tie it all together, Chris. And by the time... 2024, 23 comes around the end of this year. There will be articles of impeachment voted on. I have a very strong, strong sense that that's where they're going. They're going to pay back. Payback is 10 times harder on the Republican Party when they want it to be. And Jim Jordan being the lead on some of these committees is going to be very, very daunting for the Biden administration, in my view, because it's not just some smush. It's the guy that basically. If it was for if Trump was still in office, Jim Jordan would be Speaker of the House, and that's I, I know I, I'm going to say that Kevin McCarthy isn't. I, I personally believe that he's there, but he won't be there in four years. He will not. They will have to pass it over to Steve Scalise or Jim Jordan because Jim Jordan has a huge following in the House. They wouldn't have appointed him to these oversight committees if they didn't know his acumen, and I think Jim Jordan being who he is, I think he's going to be the leader of the impeachment committee when they start that as well. So I want to hear your views on where I'm going to go with that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to actually pull up the article on the the the, uh, the, the documents they found today. Hold on. Well, I mean, I, I would have to say without a doubt, I mean, when it comes down to it, uh, we're just there when it comes to the media, when it comes to the media and their standards, they they don't have standards. The journalism is dead. So the same people that were calling for President Trump's head on a platter and for him to be thrown in jail for life and throw the key away are saying, oh, you know, sometimes when it comes to to sleepy to sleepy, sleepy Joe over here, uh, you know, uh, you know, sometimes classified, as they said, classified documents sometimes get mixed in with declassified documents. So, uh, you know, as we know, as conservatives, there really is no standard uh, that that these people live by. They don't have uh, morals. They don't have ethics that all that is gone. So if you're a conservative and you see it, unfortunately, it's just one of those things where you just have to smile and laugh because it's just the nature of how things are. Now, hopefully enough people will, hopefully people begin to wake up and smell the coffee, but unfortunately we'll never, never quite know. I also just give everyone everyone a heads up here. They did appoint a special prosecutor to review this matter. His name is John Lodge, which he's from the Northern District of Illinois. And so that tells me that they they know the DOJ is going to get their ass in trouble here. And it's it's bad. It's bad for him. And I'm not going to tell you this in a bad way here, Chris, but I, I have a strong sense that 
that's the House of Representatives going to go after Merrick Garland first. And that's what the DOJ, the committee on the DOJ is about. Uh, Mayorkas, he's the next one to go. If he's not gone by his own accord, he'll feel it too. Um, but it's only right that these guys are getting held accountable uh, for what they're doing to the American people. And I'm going to say this in closing, uh, that rules for thee but not for me is not just a mantra. It is something that the Democrats live by. We saw it during COVID. We see it during the politics of the Trump administration by the House of Representatives. We've seen it hand in hand and time and time again, and it gets old. What we want as American conservatives is we want fairness across the board. The Constitution isn't something to be this thrown, you know, it isn't to be something to be thrown up in the air and, and, and plateaued about. It's something to be lived by. And a lot of us are tired of it being just trampled on because of people's inability to actually treat people fairly. And uh, I'll say that in closing is hopefully with these committees and with, with leadership McCarthy, uh, by McCarthy, excuse me, that we can actually get somewhere that matters in this country, the back to where it was, where it needs to be. Chris, I'll let you have the final word, man. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I think we hopefully are going in the right direction. Only time will tell. And hopefully our our leaders are honestly serious, especially in the House, are serious about, uh, you know, getting this country back, getting this country back, uh, back on track. And all you can do is hold your leaders accountable when you feel like they're uh, starting to slip. It's time to uh, politely uh, call the switchboard and call their office, call their local office or send emails because ultimately they, as we always say, they work for us. Of course, they always do, and they enjoy those tax dollars that we pay for their salaries. That being said, everybody, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about some cool stuff. I uh, hope everyone enjoys the topics of politics. We're going to be flip-flopping between them. Uh, in the next month or so, we're going to be going through the House of Representatives bills and actually what they actually mean, because a lot of people are like, that's an 18,000-page document. Who wants to read it? Well, so, hope everyone has a good weekend. Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.